What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about Strava Craft Coffee. And you guys know everything about Strava Craft Coffee already, but it is the delicious CBD rich infused coffee that you can purchase in K-Cups for your Keurig whole bean or even ground. Guys, I got a couple of ground bags in my pantry right now. Going to, going to go for a cup right after this podcast. And if you want 20% off of your Strava Craft Coffee. Use the code DNVR20 to get 20% off. This is just what you need when you're staying at home. You want that boost, but you don't want the jitters. The CBD helps with that, and the CBD helps relieve any aches, pains, migraines, anything that's going on with your body, the CBD helps with. So make sure to check out Strava Craft Coffee and use that code DNVR20 for 20% off. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. Welcome to the DNVR Broncos podcast on this magnificent Monday. We can see the draft. It's in the future. It's coming up. It's next week. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my main man, Andrew Mason. And before we hop into the show, I got to tell you guys about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. Guys, MSU Denver Online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without you having to, to be in person, and it gives you so much flexibility. So head over to msudenver.edu slash online to scope out all they have to offer, including 40, uh, over 40 online programs and 750 classes. And I know a lot of you guys are right, are right in their backyard in Colorado, but I know a lot of you guys are uh, in other states and even across uh, in other continents, and everyone can use MSU Denver online. So make sure to check them out, whether you want another degree to finish your degree, whatever you're looking for, MSU Denver has it. So that's msudenver.edu slash online. Mace, the draft is next week. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Still getting educated on the draft. Maybe uh, Metro State should uh, have a course on draft, on the draft. Uh, you may the history be, of the NFL draft. You may be the professor of that class. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> don't know about that. But uh, yeah, getting educated on this draft as well. There's never uh, too much info that uh, you can you can dive into on that. So uh, I'm I'm getting ready. Uh, one of the last things I always do before the draft is is my uh, my rankings, and it's usually I go 100 players deep in the rankings, and so I've started really kind of pulling that together. Here we as we as we near the draft and probably have that up here coming up at some point in the next a week or so on the dnbr.com. And then one thing I like to do, I like to take my rankings and then about 10 others. And this is just something I use uh, for kind of for my own purposes as I, as I get in the draft is I'll take all of them and then come out with an average and then sort of say, here's the consensus ranking. Mm, I love of that. These of, of these 10 separate rankings. And it's sort of a good way to, kind of to 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 see how 
teams go in different directions. And it's also, I also find it's good guidance for when I get in the draft and I do, and I write things like, okay, who are the best available players still on the board? And then I've got kind of this quick, this quick handy glance that I can reference and that I'm good to go. So a lot of it is just kind of preparing for uh, some of the live stuff that we're going to do in the draft. So I, I can't wait for those rankings, Mason. Speaking of just gathering tons of information, you did some interesting work this weekend, gathering information. We've been talking a lot about potential trades in the first round and you dove into that and uh, it may not be pretty from what I understand. Well, well with the Broncos in particular, and I'm going to probably do an extended piece looking at just trades around the league, but in the John Elway era, the Broncos have made first round trades in 2012, 2015, 2016, and 2019. Now, I think we can agree that right now, the 2019 deal that the Broncos made with the Steelers, it's looking pretty good. Right. Even though the Steelers are very happy with Devin Bush, who they took with a number 10 overall pick, the fact that the Broncos had a promising rookie season from Noah Fant and then were able to take, take the 52nd overall pick that they received from the Steelers and use it as part of a three-pick package to move up and take Drew Locke who they're very happy with right now, that tells you that was a good deal for the Broncos to move back. Right. But their other trades in round one under the John Elway, not as successful. One trade up, two trade or two trades up, pardon me, one trade back. So let's start with the first John Elway first round pick trade. This was in his second draft. In 2012, the Broncos started off with a 25th overall pick. I don't think I like where this is going. All right. (laughs) They had the 25th overall pick because they were the team in the divisional round the previous year that was eliminated in that round that had the worst record, of course, going 8-8 and and still winning a playoff game because Tim Tebow before getting hammered by the New England Patriots in the divisional round. So they started off with the 25th pick. They wanted to move down. Call comes in from the New England Patriots. And the Broncos send their 31st and 126, or, or they, they send their 25th pick to the Patriots for the Pats' 31st and 126th overall selections. So then the Broncos take those two picks and send them to Tampa Bay for pick 36 and 101. So what's happened over the course of, of, of this is the Broncos effectively pick up an early fourth-round pick and move back 11 spots from round one to round two. Ugh. In the end, the Broncos selected Derek Wolf and Omar Bolden. Patriots picked Dante Hightower. Oh, man. And by the way, what they sent to uh, Tampa Bay in terms of draft picks became Doug Martin Mm. and Jared Crick. Now, Crick was taken (laughs) by Houston after a subsequent trade. But by the way, this isn't the first time you'll see a familiar name as part of the, uh, the, the, the draft pick package accumulated by other teams. But with 
Doug Martin, you had a running back who was spectacular early in his career, frankly could have been a difference maker in that 2012 season if the Broncos had taken him at 31. Yep. And then, of course, and then Jerry Crick ended up playing for the Broncos. But simply the Dante Hightower for Derek Wolf and Omar <laughs> Bolden swap, because effectively, from the Broncos' perspective, that's what it was. Dante Hightower, a, a, a longtime contributor for the Patriots, he's still there heading into his ninth season with the club, two time Pro Bowler. Derek Wolf, Good player, never hit that height. Omar Bolden really could never get healthy. He kept having knee problems, although he had that spectacular punt return at the end of a, the first half against Indianapolis back in 2015. I've got to give that deal to the Patriots, not the Broncos. Oh, without a doubt. And May, speaking of Pac-12 guys that are drafted that don't work out, Omar Bolden right there. And... Uh, man, not just the Dante Hightower compared to Derek Wolf, but just the, the draft compensation that they got from moving back. I don't like that at all. If, if you were to tell me that the Broncos were to move back three spots, four spots, five spots in this draft and pick up an early fourth round pick, I would say no way. Don't do that. You got to get something valuable. And day three picks just simply aren't that. And the draft value chart will say day three picks simply aren't aren't valuable. So I don't like the first case. Tell me there's some better news with the second trade. Well, it's funny you mentioned the draft value chart because in that trade down with the Patriots, the Broncos gave up 720 points of draft capital. And according to the draft value chart today, they got back 648. There you go. I knew it was and, a bad deal. And then that 648 points of draft capital that uh, they send on to Tampa Bay, the Broncos get back 540 for the 36th overall pick, and then pick 101 is 96. So that too, they lost in draft capital, in draft value, in both of these selections. They turned 720 points into 636 points by trading <laughs> down. Yikes, that's not what you want to do. <laughs> Usually if you trade down, you win the draft capital battle. Yep. Because uh, that's that's effectively what the Broncos did last year with the Steelers. Let's assume that you that the, the, you assume the third round pick is going to be a middle third. So you'd say 187.5 and then the pick pick, pick 52 is 380 and pick 20 is 850. So that's 1230 plus 187.5 that's 1417.5 and the 10th overall pick 1300. So the Broncos won that trade last year in draft capital. Yep. And then it what look look how they won it as well with, uh -huh. with the picks. Okay. So this so what we've given you are examples of trades that worked and didn't work. Right. For the all, Broncos. All under John Elway. Right. Now let's fast forward to 2015 and we're sitting there and Shane Ray, because of a positive marijuana test, he has fallen through the draft. He's still sitting there as you get into the 20s. Detroit on the board with a 23rd overall pick. The Broncos make a deal to move up from 28 to 23. Of course, 28 because they lost in the divisional round. They also send the 143rd overall pick and 
Manny Ramirez. Okay. So starting so, center and us uh-huh. or depth piece. And what is that? A fourth round pick? Uh, yeah, it's, it would be a fourth round pick this year. Okay. Okay. So effectively you're talking about 600 and not, 694 points in draft capital that the Broncos have sent. And you're basically by this, you're va- if you're trying to get draft capital balance, you are valuing Manny Ramirez at effectively 65.5 points, which would be about between the 114th and the 115th pick. Okay, so a third and a fourth. Or is that a fourth, two fourths? It's basically two, two fourth rounds, okay. fourth rounders, if you're saying that, that Manny Ramirez is worth a four, if you're trying to get perfect draft capital and figure out what his value is. Right. You're basically saying two fourth rounders for the right to move up five selections. Okay. Yep. In the 20s. Right. Yep. And Manny Ramirez in 2015, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't bad for the Lions. I mean, he wasn't uh, outstanding. The Broncos, though, proved that they could live without him. So basically, you could say, "All right, not not really great, not not really great value for the Lions." He only starred seven games that year. Okay, so the trade ends up being Shane Ray of the Broncos for Lakin Tomlinson, okay, Manny Ramirez, and eventually by a, that pick in one forty three. It gets traded to Minnesota. Minnesota takes uh, Michael Pruitt. Okay. Now, let's just take the top two names on this deal, Shane Ray and Lakin Tomlinson. Who wins that deal? The Broncos? No. 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 Lakin, Tom- Lakin Tomlinson has been – What's he done? A f- he's a five-year starter. Oh, well then. In the league yeah. at guard, he's uh, been durable. He the Lions trade him to San Francisco after the 2016 season, a deal that I think has proven to be a mistake for the Lions, and Tomlinson earned he he earned a 3-year contract extension. Yep. The 49ers, and he's a he's a solid to above average starting guard. Shane Ray some spectacular moments, but because of injury didn't last. Zach, I have to give that deal to the Lions. Yeah, without a doubt. I'd say it's an L for the Broncos. Yeah, I mean, without a doubt, he did start 70 games. And I didn't realize because because he changed teams uh, that, that he, he was still a starter. Um, so, yeah, yep, you're, you're 100% right there. It sort of killed me as well at the time because I liked Lakin Tomlinson coming out of Duke a lot. Mm. He, he, he had a really good senior bowl week. And, uh, you know, not somebody that – you're talking about being an all-pro, but somebody that could be a very trustworthy starter at guard for the at guard for the long haul. And uh, he's proven he's a and also he's proven he's a good fit for the 49ers zone blocking system. And 2015, what were the Broncos doing? They were going to zone blocking because <laughs> yep. Barry Kubiak had just been hired. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> so Mace, what's the next one? So Broncos lost so right two now, straight. 2012, 2015 were 0 for two. Yep. For the Broncos perspective. Yep. Now you're going on to 2016. Mm. And this is the deal the Broncos make with the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, I'm just going to say that the Broncos lost this trade before we even go into it. (laughs) Now, here's what happens. The draft value, it's not terribly lopsided in the Seahawks' favor. It's 724 points to the Seahawks 
700 points of draft value coming back to the Broncos. And that's the 26th overall pick the Broncos get for picks 31 and 94. The Broncos, of course, get Paxton Lynch. The Seahawks get Jermaine Effetti. And mm. get this, Nick Vanett. Oh, oh, wow. How the, how the, you said there was going to be multiple names that we knew that came back yeah. around. Now, Jermaine Effetti, he just, of course, moved on to the Chicago Bears, a one-year contract after the Seahawks declined the fifth-year option on Jermaine Effetti. At least they had the opportunity to decline the fifth-year option. Right. (laughs) The the deal is an L for the Broncos, but neither side is feeling great about this. No, certainly not. Jermaine Effetti was the flashpoint of – Seattle's frustration on the offensive line the last four years and kind of what we're talking about with Garrett Bowles that the Broncos don't pick up the fifth year option on Bowles the tail for Bowles is very similar to that of Jermaine Effetti yep well, it wouldn't be a stretch to call Effetti Seattle's Bowles okay okay well that, that that's a good comp but Bowles is still contributing and same with uh same with both of those guys Vanette as well those guys are still mm-hmm. contributing, uh, where Paxton, obviously, we know is not contributing. So who would have thought that here we are four years after that deal, and the, the component that is on the Broncos is not Paxton Lynch, it's Nick Bennett. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that means things haven't gone well. And so basically, we know, things haven't gone yeah. well. What we're saying right now is that in terms of – in terms of – in terms of value, in terms of what the Broncos have gotten, that they have made three pick, three trades of first-round selections, and and then the trade last year that we can't yet evaluate. I think you feel good, but you can't yet evaluate. So right now, you're o three o and three in TBD. Yep. In terms of trading first-round picks, whether you go up or down. should this give john elway pause about trading in round one potentially or or it should boy it should tell him not to be desperate because even if there's a guy that you think you love that well if you're not going to be trading for for fair value then it may not be worth it now that's a lot easier said than done looking in the past saying okay how did these things go wrong why did these things go wrong as opposed to you know you love jerry judy and you're willing to give up a little extra draft capital to move up to get him. And it's, it's hard to hold yourself back in those situations. And on the, on the flip side, if, if you're the Broncos and someone's calling it pick 20, don't just take a deal to take a deal. Make sure you're getting fair value. Yeah. What this is telling me is that you've got to have multiple possibilities. You can't suicide for one guy. Right. That you've got to be sitting there at 15 saying, hey, there are four guys we're comfortable with here. Yep. And one of them's going to be on the board. Right. And we'll be okay with any of them. And then if by chance we get a deal that gets us better value, hey, kind of like the deal that you got last year from the Steelers where effectively you, you picked up what you, you picked up 117.5 points of uh, of draft capital 
So effectively, you picked up in the end. You picked up a bonus late third round pick. Right. Yep. And that's, so that's where a day two pick is worth it. Uh-huh. Right. And that's where you sort of think about some of these deals that if the if in if on the value chart you're picking up the equivalent of a day, of a a late day two pick to move down, you seriously think about that because right. this roster. I know everyone is optimistic in Broncos country, but this roster is still incomplete. This roster still has holes all over it. It's still not a deep team that we're yep. talking about here. It's an incomplete, it's at an incomplete stage of the, of the building process. Yep. And that's why to me, even though it's not sexy, and I know a lot of people want to move up, moving back might be the play here, at least in round one. And I, I think that's probably that that's the way I'm leaning after this weekend is that moving back just becomes more and more and more likely, especially after we do a couple of these mock drafts, Mace, because mm-hmm. we see that uh, the Broncos have potentially seven guys that fit them so well, and six of them are going to be gone before them, if not all seven. And then you talked about you want to have four guys that you want there. There very well could be none or one and you hope that it's a guy you're in love with but if it's not right. well then you got to have an option to, and moving back could be that option but don't just move back to move back move back because another team's desperate now you said something there that i thought was interesting you said this weekend it came to that conclusion so oh, what in the last couple of days affected your thinking to put you into the move back camp Boy, just this feeling that I'm getting about John Elway and uh, just the way thinking about how how we just talked about in 2015, 2016, and 2019. In more years than not, he has made a deal. And I think he liked the way that the the one last year worked out as we're detailing he should. Mm -hmm. And moving up, going the other way hasn't worked. Yeah, and and this is where if the quarterback phase of the draft – has some surprises the Broncos are really sitting in an interesting spot because what if somebody's really in love with Jordan Love pardon the pun (laughs) yeah can you exploit that yep for a quarterback you absolutely can Mm -hmm. but why would they be moving to 15 is the question maybe John needs to do a little bit of uh well they could be moving to 15 because let's say the Dolphins have seen something in the medicals that they don't like on Tua and they've passed on him. Miami is sitting there at 18. The Raiders are at 19. Mm. They could be looking for a long-term quarterback. The Jaguars are at 20. So it's not right after the Broncos, but it's close enough to where you hit a cluster of teams that could be in the quarterback market later in the first round and a team that really wanted to get in on a Jordan love, or if Tua fell outside of the top 10, that the Broncos could be in that position to say, Hey, let's make a deal and let's extract a premium. Or it could be as simple as the dolphins just wanting to guarantee their guy to guarantee that nobody else jumped them. And maybe the Dolphins are willing to play ball with the 18th and 26th picks. Yeah, and what it could be as well is we know that the 49ers uh, don't have many picks, and they could be looking to move back right. at 13. 
well, what if one of those teams or just a team jumps to 13, trades with the 49ers and takes Jordan Love off the board? Another team is, and then uh, the teams that are, that we talked about that may need a quarterback start freaking out because there's only one first round quarterback left that they have on their board or something like that. And they know the bucks aren't going to take them, but they know the Broncos are, are, are in business to do trades. So that's another way that that could shape up. There is another aspect to that because let's say Tua does go inside the first 10 picks and then somebody trades up for, with San Francisco to pick Jordan love. And that's a quarterback off the board and that's somebody who's not taking a receiver or one of these offensive tackles and then you have a better shot of one of those guys being available at 15 maybe one of those guys you really truly crave drops because another team ahead of you has not gone tackle receiver yep that would be good news that would be very good news man mace this is uh (laughs) boy you, you hope that john elway has learned and we know that we, we were having the conversation last year about, okay, John's had one good draft. Can he put two together? Well, not, now you're hoping, okay, John's put one good trade together in the first round after a couple of lousy ones. Can he put two together? Well, that recent history would show you that, yeah, but it's not from moving up. It's not by packaging a second round pick and going to eight to draft a wide receiver or an offensive tackle. The history would say, that it's by moving back to somewhere in the 20s and picking up an additional, uh, on top of what you receive, an additional third-round pick. And now, like you said, Mace, yeah. they, this team could use that. Now, what's interesting is what would you say of those three trades that the Broncos took the L on, easily the best haul that they got was from trading down, even though the value wasn't what you wanted and it and – Derek Wolf and Omar Bolden did not combine to be Dante Hightower, but at least she got something to help you. Yep. Yep. And so basically you're saying that the, the close loss, if you're, if you have a margin here, the close loss was the Hightower trade where you traded down. The ones where you took the clear L were when you traded up. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Now, is it a sexy pick? Is it something that I personally want to see? no, but I think it could be the smart play. And like I said, I've just been getting this feeling in my stomach more and more and more that that is going to be the play. But we have, uh, we have what, 10 days? 10 days until the start of the draft. Mm-hmm. And if you want to somehow pass the time in those 10 days, I have an idea for you. Order Breckenridge Brewery and order food from Breckenridge Brewery Farmhouse every single day and the time will fly by in a snap. Guys, the farmhouse over at Breckenridge Brewery has amazing food, and they'll bring it straight to you. Uh, They deliver for free uh, in in most of the Denver area, so make sure to check them out. Give them a call at 303-803-1380 from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. every day, or you can just drive up right to the farmhouse. They will bring the food out to you, and you can also, of course, get any of their delicious beer on that, and if you decide to do this, make sure to use the code DNVR to save $5 off your meal. And guys, supporting them is supporting us. So please, please check them out. Or you, you, can, you can order Breckenridge Brewery through the Drizzly app. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y. So make sure you check out Breckenridge Beer, whether it's through Drizzly, straight through them. The number is 303-803-1380. 
and the food is delicious from the farmhouse. And Mace, I have a little story from this weekend. Put a damper on my weekend. I was peeling a potato yesterday and I was peeling the wrong way. And I peeled straight up and cut about a centimeter of my finger off the skin. Oh, I should say just the skin of my finger off. And it has been nonstop bleeding. And the whole time I was wishing, man, I wish potatoes had something like Manscaped so that there was no mess with sharp razors anywhere. Thankfully, just my finger, not the family jewels. But the good thing is Manscaped, they have the answer for your family jewels for keeping them sharp. And that's, of course, the Lawnmower 3.0. Guys, they have it's so, so many options for everything that you could possibly need to manscape with and so make sure to check them out the perfect package is what i would recommend comes with a travel bag disposable shaving mats uh, and the the comfiest anti-chafing boxers of course with the crop reviver the crop reserver and of course the lawnmower 3.0 guys this is the time to have manscape in your life because you're not going anywhere you have a lot of time on your hands so you might as well perfect something and that's those family jewels and guys supporting them is supporting us so use that code dnvr20 for 20 percent off and free shipping and guys we really want to lock this partnership in for a long time and so we just got a couple days left to prove it to them so if you're on the edge make sure to hop on manscape right now with that code dnvr20 so that you don't get any nicks like I got on my finger. Yeah, imagine what 7,000 RPMs with quiet stroke technology would have done for you peeling potatoes. Oh, it would have been, it oh, would have been perfect. Man. <laughs> Maybe that's what I need to reach out to them and say is, hey, I love your product, but can you make uh, something to peel potatoes for me? And I'm not talking about family jewel potatoes, but literally potatoes. I would also, not only peeling potatoes, I think that this 7,000 RPM technology could be applied to grating cheese. Oh, yes. Yes, I think Because so. I've had some accidents over the years grating oh. blocks of cheddar and oh. uh, whatever I've got. Oh, man. Oh, I just, man. We had a listener uh, ask us, what, was it on Friday? What are the things we never want to happen? Well, I should have included peeling skin off your body because oh. it was, it's terrible. You didn't have to go to the ER or anything, did you? No, no, because it was it was uh, it was kind of a big chunk, but it was just the just the top of the skin. Okay, all right, good. Well, glad to <laughs> glad to hear you're okay and you're not going on the injured list here heading into the draft <laughs> yes. because we, we need you. We need those fingers uh, tapping <laughs> that keyboard when we get to the draft. We're going to be writing fast and furious, and uh, if what you and I suggest happens. We're going to be writing about more picks in the Broncos currently have, at least <laughs> yeah. early. I think there's going to be some consolidation of later picks. Good. But I could, I can easily see a scenario where there's a trade, where there's a trade down or standing pat and the Broncos do maybe not end up picking at 15, but pick a bunch of times between say pick 18 and 52. We'll see. Now let's hear from our beloved and appreciated uh, listeners here as we dive into the comments. We always appreciate everything you share with us in the comments section. And let's start with Tommy Bronco, who says, after a few months of freeloading, you guys can say, we got, we got him. him. Now, question for y'all. 
What is a weird food combo you love? My girlfriend loves to have Cheez-Its and applesauce together. So I'm curious if you have any odd combos I should try. Thanks again for giving me a new family. Well, I would ask your girlfriend this. Does she like cheese on apple pie? Because I hear Cheez-Its and applesauce, and I think of something that my wife and other people in her family like, which is to put cheese on apple pie. But to me, that just seems wrong. I'm a cool whip man. Oh, come on. Yeah, Mace, you are what we call normal. That is <laughs> that is crazy. So is it like you bake the apple pie, then uh, just as putting you would put Cool Whip on right when your piece is served, that's when you put the cheese on? Or is the yep. cheese put on before it's cooked? You're serving it and there's a, it's your top with a slice of cheddar cheese. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is, that is the Wisconsin uh, in the blood, right? No kidding. Yeah, that, that has to be a, a Wisconsin thing or at least a Midwest thing. I can't do that. But yeah, weird food combos. Hmm. The one that pops to my head right now is uh, I love uh, jalapeno bagels or, or cheese bagels with uh, like strawberry cream cheese on them. Ooh. So that's kind of fallen under the apple pie with the slice of cheese on it, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Um, man, I don't know if there's anything really weird. I mean, I guess if I'm having a breakfast at a buffet and I get syrup on my eggs, I'm not particularly bothered by it. I kind of like the taste of syrup and eggs together, but I think that happens by accident to everybody who goes to a breakfast buffet and you inevitably have some melding of uh, the various items on your plate. Shoot. I make hmm. sure that that melding doesn't happen. I just get, you know, seven plates so that uh, nothing touches. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they want you to do that. Probably not. <laughs> it's more work for the kitchen staff, more work for the dishwashers back there. I can't have my food touching. Nope. Really? Yep. Nope. That's, not a fan of it. That's fascinating. <laughs> that is really fascinating. Hmm. Weird food combos that I like. Um, well, I'm not sure if this is weird, but I like dipping uh, Doritos in cheese dip. Oh, that, I would say that is weird because I, I haven't, uh, oh, actually, boy, that is cheesy. I have this hatch green chili cheddar dip oh. that I usually have on hand here in the kitchen. And I like dipping my Doritos in it. You know, that just sounds innovative. That sounds like something that I think most people can get behind, but that's smart, Mace. I like that. All righty. Next one coming in from Breck Drew. Love the name. He says, I was gifted a subscription, and I can't thank the people who donated them enough. Super happy to finally be fully in the family. And thanks to RK for helping with the name a while back. Anyways, love the community, and I'll introduce myself a bit more in the later comments. Thanks again to whomever helped me be here. It truly brought some light to some dark times. Well, the anonymous donors is coming through and I know that they're rolling with us and just listen to Breck Drew right there. It, it did exactly what you want to bring in some light to this awesome family. Yeah, that's just incredible what the anonymous donor did. And uh, we appreciate him or her uh, choosing to share some of their, you know, some of their resources with us and also share uh, with some new subscribers. So we love having you aboard, Breck. Breck really appreciate uh, you joining us. Really appreciate uh, the donation. And uh, man, the fact that somebody, fee that some and there are multiple people that feel fit to donate subscriptions, I mean, it's just, it blows me away. 
Yeah. That, it blows me away on this. It's, it's so cool. And not, not just for the people that got the subscriptions, but like you said, Mace, for us as well, that, that you mm -hmm. wanted to support us that much. It's right. so cool. And, come, I, there are no words to describe how, how wonderful that makes us feel. And I think we're all, we're all kind of looking for, th for things to cling to right now. And uh, knowing that people appreciate what we're doing and that you pre that you listening, appreciate joining us, that that just again words fail me i'm a writer but words fail me so i'm sorry about that love thunder down under first of all dmvr lounge 10 out of 10 where else can you go take a bet on an elk rut with other diehard broncos fans doesn't make sense you weren't there then by a sub second <laughs> in my opinion sutton isn't a wide receiver too if you have judy lammer rugs how many times are the Broncos going to line up with one wide receiver? They'll line up with three more than they'll be with one. So it becomes an arbitrary point, right? It's about matchup. Talent-wise, your wide receiver one will be based purely on who the opponent tries to take away. If Judy and Sutton both draw bracket coverage, Fant is your man. None of them are that much better than the other that you wouldn't go with the best matchup on that down. Last year, Sutton was so far better than the, all the other receivers. It didn't matter the matchup. He was still your best bet. That won't happen going forward with the right pick. Am I right? No, not that dude from Amarillo. <laughs> That's a great point. And remember when we were watching Broncos Chiefs from 1998 last Thursday on DNVR watches, the thing that jumped out to me, Zach, with that offense was if you shut down one guy, somebody else beat you easily because you went Rod Smith, Shannon Sharp, Ed McCaffrey, Terrell Davis out of the backfield. You couldn't contain them all. Now, that's a galaxy of talent, two Hall of Famers. Rod Smith, who I think if he played another position other than receiver, which is stacked in terms of Hall of Fame candidates, you'd be talking about as a Hall of Famer. And Ed McCaffrey should be a ring of famer. I mean, it was pick your poison. You effectively had two wide receiver ones and arguably the best pass-catching tight end in NFL history. Well, and the, the one of the best passing uh, tight end pass-catching tight ends in NFL history, the Chiefs focused on in that game. And they said, we're not going to let him beat us. And they didn't for the first, what, 55 minutes of the game? Mm -hmm. They shut him down. Shannon Sharp did not have a single catch. And then just when you need him, he comes through with the game-winning touchdown. And, Mace, yeah, I, 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 I totally understand what Love Thunder down under saying. And when the Broncos, if the Broncos were to draft one of these three guys, it's not going to be, yes, this guy's our number one receiver now. Uh, and Vic Fangio is never going to say, uh, you know, Jerry Judy has surpassed Cortland Sutton as our number one wide receiver. No, it, it's never going to be like that. Uh, I just, we just use those terms because it, that, that's how to, to show you guys how good a wide receiver in the first round should be is should be better than Cortland Sutton. But yeah, it's not going to diminish Cortland Sutton at all. Cause like you said, they're always, they're always going to have at least two receivers on the field. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's not going to diminish Sutton. If anything, it'll enhance Sutton just because yeah, exactly. they get open more often. Next one from Hack Sack. Hypothetical case. In a worst-case scenario where there's no 2020-2021 NFL season at all, how would the following draft look like? Would it be a lottery system where the Pats can get Lawrence or just copy the order of the current draft order? That's a really good question. And to ascertain a potential answer to this let's go back into nfl history and also go back into the history of another major professional sport on this continent in 1984 with the usfl 
playing its second season, the NFL held a supplemental draft focused on USFL players that had not already been drafted by NFL teams at some point. So nobody held the rights to those guys. They determined the order based on the record the previous season. So Tampa Bay selected number one. They took Steve Young. That's why Tampa Bay had the rights to Steve Young when the USFL collapsed. But I think for the NFL, if there is no 2020 season, a more likely way of going about this is similar to how the the NHL handled the draft in 2006, I believe. Or 2005, pardon me. You're pardoned. What happened then was you didn't have the NHL the previous season. So even though in previous years they'd used the, the previous year's record to determine the draft order, in this case they went with a weighted lottery to determine the order of the first round and then – reverse the order in the second round. So thus, if you won the weighted lottery in the 2005 NFL or NHL draft, pardon me, then you picked last. The Pittsburgh Penguins won the lottery that year. And so they had the first pick in the first round and took Sidney Crosby. And they had the number 61 overall pick to close the second round because there was a compensatory pick ahead of them so so that's snake it was like a right they did a snake draft basically Mm. and here's what and here's how the nhl specifically did this lottery they weighted teams based on playoff appearances in the last three full seasons and first overall picks in the last four drafts three lottery balls were assigned to teams that had not qualified for any of those playoffs and received no first overall picks in that period teams that had one playoff appearance or first overall pick in those years were given two lottery balls. All other teams got one lottery ball. So there were four teams that got three balls, including the Pittsburgh Penguins who got the number one overall pick. And then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 teams that got two balls. And then the, the rest of the league at the time, the other, the other, um, 16 teams got one ball. So effectively you had 48 balls. And if you had three lottery balls, get a 6%, 6 6.3% chance of winning. And speaking of balls, use that code DNVR20 at Manscaped. (laughs) Now let's assume that the, this actually, man, I should probably write something about this. Let's say the NFL did this exact same procedure. Yep. So the Broncos would be in the best shape. Yep. They would be. Yeah. No playoff appearances. I'm not sure that the, the, the NFL would focus on draft positioning. I do think it's possible that if there were no season, that they would focus on multi-year performance. Right. And then have a lottery. I, I think the one thing that a lot of teams don't want is for Cincinnati or anybody, whoever had the number one overall pick, 
to reap that benefit twice in a row just because there was no season. I do think the NFL would come up with something like the NHL did that was based on multiple years. And I would really like that, basing it on multiple years uh, and then also a weighted lottery like that and also a snake draft. I think that is the most fair. I think the NHL did a fantastic job on that, and that's something uh, that I would certainly like to see because I think it's fair. Mm -hmm. And also – the Patriots wouldn't be winning this one. <laughs> you wouldn't have to worry about Trevor Lawrence going to them. Well, unless they buck the odds. I, I think <laughs> it's possible that you could come up with a system that sort of staggers it and maybe has something where instead of just like a three-ball, two-ball, one-ball possibility, maybe it's six tiers. Right. And, the, and, and it's, let's assume that you take – say the last three seasons the Patriots have been to the playoffs the last three years they have a Super Bowl win they have a Super Bowl loss so maybe you're talking about them getting one ball and then somebody like the Broncos who haven't been the playoffs in the last three years who haven't even had a winning season in the last three years they could be sitting there with five or six love it love it the more balls the better that's for sure Next one coming in from PJ. Just keep them clean, keep them well-maintained, <laughs> exactly. and you can lose, use the lawnmower 3.0 and get those 7,000 RPMs <laughs> safely close to your equipment. <laughs> so you're in good shape. Exactly. The MVR 20. <laughs> code. Puget Sound Bronco. Guys, all this draft talk in combination with sitting around all day with no work is really getting me excited for the draft. I had my eye on Henry Ruggs since before the combine, and I love his story and passion when he talks about the game. But this trade-up scenario is getting me excited for Jerry Judy as well. Thanks for keeping Thanks for helping keep not only mine, but everyone else's mind busy during these strange times. Mace, or the rest of the guys, if you made it out to Seattle for some time after this is all cleared up, let me know. I would love to hang out and maybe track down some Breck brews together. On that note, any other DNBR subscribers north of Seattle? Uh, good question. Uh, you go up uh, uh, Everett, uh, up to um, Snohomish County, which is uh, uh, just north of King County there in the Puget Sound area, or even on all the way up to uh, Bellingham, home of uh, Western Washington University. So we got some subscribers. Uh, hey, let us know uh, heading north on uh, I-5 from beautiful Seattle. You know what? One thing that I lost as a result of – this pandemic was a planned trip to Seattle for a Braves Mariners series. It was going to be the weekend after Memorial day. So there's, I, there's a Seattle trip that I owe and I, I want to make and um, hopefully it'll happen when everything gets settled down. Would love to be back in a place that I love a place that I used to live. Well said, well said. Next one from our friend Iceman. Hey friends, RK sound was better on Friday. Thank you. I'm a Josh Jacobs hater, just saying. Orange and royal blue forever. Brussels sprouts are my favorite veggie. Chili beans in the crock pot with lean hamburger meat. A sleeve of wheat saltines on the side. We haven't tried adding Brussels sprouts yet. It probably would be the bomb. We will try next time, and I will report. Go America. <laughs> <laughs> Go America with a combination like that. Well, you see... One of the things about our cuisine that is so much fun is the fact that you can come up with combos like this. <laughs> yes, you we here can. In, because this country is a melting pot. I feel like in terms of culinary ideas, we are one of the most creative cultures in terms of in terms of coming up with stuff. 
Yep. I think you're hundred percent right. So yeah, get, get creative, have, have some fun. That sounds good. Iceman. Yeah. Iceman. I'm right there with you. That sounds absolutely uh, terrific. Even though someone mentioned that Brussels sprouts, the flavor has changed. And I actually uh, think, okay, I may have to give Brussels sprouts another try here. Oh, I feel like I'm missing there we something. go. Oh, yeah. there we go. So golden boy, the number 15 pick has not been great over the last five years. Dwayne Haskins, Colton Miller, Malik Hooker, Corey Coleman, Melvin Gordon. I would move up, but not give up a two. I would probably move down. Malik Hooker, the issue on him is health. It's not that he's, whether he's good enough or not. Yeah, Corey Coleman bust. Melvin Gordon, two-time Pro Bowler. Colton Miller, just okay. The jury out. Dwayne Haskins. Boy, you're starting to hear rumblings that Ron Rivera may start Kyle Allen. Oh, and not Dwayne Haskins. Oh my. And, if if that's the case, they need to yeah, uh, draft yeah. to a two. Now let's go to the previous five years because you can take that five-year sample size and say, okay, it's not great. But you can also go to the previous five years, 2014, Ryan Shazier. Mm. Outstanding before he had uh, the, the spinal cord injury. Kenny Vaccaro, very good safety. Bruce Irvin outstanding pass rusher mike pouncey outstanding interior offensive lineman jason pierre paul 79 and a half sacks over the last decade he's even overcome and losing part of his finger so the last five years maybe you're not impressed the previous five years you found some talent some difference makers there at number 15 that's a really good point mace next one from rd dollywald not a broncos question just out of curiosity well why does brandon cook the wide receiver keep getting traded new england new orleans la and now houston i don't think he is elite but i think he is pretty good do you guys have any insight or know something is it because he has issues with concussions what is it it's the concussions thing at least that's sort of contributing to this trade and also the Rams were anxious to get out some overpays. Les Snead made some bad deals, some deals that you make because you're winning, you feel pretty good, you want to keep it all together. But the Brandon Cooks deal was not a good deal, and the Todd Gurley deal was not a good deal. These were not smart plays uh, by him, and so they had to extricate themselves from that. Brandon Cooks, he's a good locker room guy. Mm. He's got some speed. He's a very he's a good wide receiver. This isn't something about Brandon Cooks' personality. When a guy is traded that often, when he changes team that often, you, it's tempting to think, okay, there must be something wrong with how he fits. Right? No, not the case for Brandon Cooks at all. This trade also one reason why you're questioning the value on this for Houston is the recent history of concussions. There's concern about him. So basically, part of why I think it's so baffling for Houston, what they're doing, the players they're getting back, Brandon Cooks, David Johnson, these guys have had injury woes. I mean, David Johnson has, because of injuries, hasn't been the back that you expect him to be since 2016. Oh, yikes. Yeah, the Texans are certainly doing some wacky things. It's pretty wild that Brandon Cooks has been traded for two first-round picks and mm-hmm. a second. Yeah, it's, it is pretty wild. Elroy Jetson. Hi, fam. <laughs> Got a few points today. Number one, Mace. I'm glad you got TP for your bungalow. Your <laughs> wife did exactly what I was going to suggest in terms of going to Costco. But I went on staycation and am now just caught up. Ten-year-old daughter comes first. No, all about that. Agree with you completely. Number two, movies. Gone in 60 seconds, but not the Nick Cage one. Bullet. And A New Hope. 
Star Wars Episode Four, the original one, which is the whole reason all Star Wars movies exist and the only reason I put it before Empire. Three, Mr. B. Four, I played nose in middle and high school football. I'm a believer in games being won in the trenches. My dream draft starts, starts with a tackle. Five, not Beckton. Louisville <laughs> is my college team and state rival, Big Blue Nation. Six, just curious what you guys think of Lynn Bowden Jr. and if and when you consider him. was going to ask Henry and Andre too, but they already mentioned him. I love him in round three. And yep. don't – obviously, you're looking at him as – you're looking at him as a pass catcher, but to me, the game that showed the degree to how he really can help a team was back in the Belk Bowl in January when he got pressed into service as a as a quarterback. Yep, and won the game. <laughs> yep. Is, I mean, so, they, they, they didn't feel like they could throw the ball very often, but then when he finally did throw and Virginia Tech was completely caught off guard, couldn't, couldn't stop it. But what he showed in terms of football character, intelligence, all those intangibles, man, I, I love that. I mean, I didn't like the result. My brother went to Virginia Tech. I, pulled, I do like the Hokies. I didn't like the, the scoreboard result, but I love what I saw in Lynn Bowden. You think he's the next Taysom Hill? He's not a, as good a passer as Taysom Hill. Okay. You're not asking the pass. This is just this is simply a test of 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 character. It's a test of versatility. It's a test of of adaptability. Past right. all of those. Yep. Yep. Number Great seven for, for John Elway. Number eight. All the jersey and logo talk, and I still haven't heard my choice. My first tattoo is an old school D with a new school horse coming out of it, full orange and blue color. I'd send a pic, but I don't do social media, and I'm not sure how to send it. Otherwise, your boy Elroy. I've seen that image, not your tattoo, but people having done that and people having mocked that up, the current horse with the D on it. I guess for some reason, I think that the legs are a little too prominent. I don't know. I'm, I'm <laughs> I think it sounds pretty cool. Next one, cool. Next one from Bronco Brawler. Hey, everyone, no question today, but I do have a suggestion for Sunday ticket that I'm pretty sure I heard here from another commenter a couple of years ago. To sign up for the student edition, all you need is a name, school, and birthday. This year, I went ahead and signed up as LaVisca at CU. Looked up his birthday, then boom, $100 Sunday ticket. No direct TV required. Enjoy. Well, that is certainly not uh, DNVR sponsored, by the way. We're not. We're not saying do that, but that's just this feels illegal. It does. It does. Sounds like uh, something with identity or something. Yeah, (laughs) I'm not going to endorse this. I, I salute your creativity, but mm, I don't know, man. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not sure either. Sir James Radio. All right, guys. Day three now. Let's stay in the AFC West and go with the Los Angeles Chargers for the Jersey Challenge. I've been a huge fan of Derwin James since his FSU days, so I'd have to go with him. I'm still upset he fell that far in 2018. I know this is going to make Bronco fans crazy. <laughs> I got to go with Chris Harris Jr. Yeah. from getting a Charger jersey. How can you or, not? Or Tyrod Taylor. Again, the Virginia okay. Tech thing. I liked watching him in college. Yeah, I'm I'm actually almost doing the exact same thing, Mace. I'm going either Chris and did you see what he tweeted this weekend? He said he got a look at the new Chargers uniforms and he uh-huh. said they're fire. So that'll be interesting to see what those are like. Uh, and if I'm not going Chris, 
I'm going Philip Rivers. Give me a Philip Rivers jersey. Even I know though he's, he's a past. <laughs> yep, yep, but still, just a classic. Actually, if, if we're going all arrows here for the Chargers, mm, I got to go old school. Um, I got to I, I, I gotta go Dan Fouts, number 14. Ah, okay, I Even like though that. He, he just lost his broadcasting job, though. No longer yep. the number two color man on CBS. You know what? What if you went with Melvin Gordon? That could be a good one for a Broncos jersey that Broncos got to have. I'm wearing a Wisconsin shirt right now. <laughs> you are. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Next one from Kingish214. The first and the first and two-thirds to move up to eight for Judy is rough. First, he's the fourth best wide receiver on Alabama. The fourth? What are you talking fourth. about? <laughs> Second, in an all-wide receiver scenario, you could potentially have one. Justin Jefferson, K.J. Hill, and James Proch. Oh, you can have all three of those uh, with those uh-huh. picks. That's an arsenal of weapons. I'd much rather give Locke than just Judy. Yeah, and if there's merit to the notion of getting volume, yeah, what if you've got LaVisca, but you've also got Brandon Ayuk or Denzel Mims or Devin DuVernay or Lynn Bowden, to, to name another guy? Yeah, and, and, and I think this is – Or a, Antonio Gandy-Golden, if you're okay having somebody who's kind of a Cortland Sutton clone, but who could be available in round four. Yeah, uh, Kingish, I disagree that Judy is the fourth best wide receiver on Alabama. Um, and, and I think it's very fair that you think two-thirds is too much. And I like the way that you looked at it. And I think some may say, give me the elite talent in Jerry Judy and others. And I'm leaning more towards John Elway is going to say – Give me a very good player at 15 and then give me more pieces so that uh, I I can have a higher chance of hitting on some of these guys. Yep. On to the count. Hey, if anybody found in a way Butler Binotag jersey with a faded strawberry sky staying just below the numbers in the lounge on Friday night, it's mine. I think I took it off and sat near Arcade's green screen while arm wrestling Love Thunder Down Under or Texas Bronco. I'd love it back. I was wearing it the day I lit Derek LaVille's cigar after sneaking to the team bus area at home at, at the home win in San Diego during the greasy era. Love the count. <laughs> <laughs> oh, count. You, you are a unique gem. Oh, and, that's and beautiful. We love it. And man, I'll tell you what, the, the DNVR lounge is a fun place to be. Guys, we created it for you. This this is for you guys. It's entirely for the n- listeners. We'll pop in there once in a while. It's, it, it was a blast hanging out there when we were doing the watch party this past Thursday. I'll be in there again uh, for every watch party that we do. I'll be, I'll be in and out, but really, this is for you guys. So make sure be, to, to become a member of DNVR, and then you get exclusive access to the lounge. And just seeing all of these personalities that, that we've created in the comment section come together and be able to, to go back and forth with one another is so, so much fun. And speaking of fun, and some people in the DNVR lounge might have been checking out the Mile High Green Cross, and you guys should check them out as well because supporting them is supporting us. And guys, if you sign up for Mile High Cross's loyalty program, you receive 20% off your entire purchase once a month. So just go 
get stocked up and every single month get that 20% off. Uh, and when you go, make sure to tag them and us to show them that you're supporting us. They're conveniently located not too far away from my place at 9th and Broadway, very close to downtown. And they have parking, which is key for being anywhere close to downtown. You can get in and out in less than five, in less than nine minutes. And they offer Heifer, uh, so no cash needed. Um, so that's Mile High Green Cross. Make sure to check them out and let them know that we sent you. All right, Mace, next one coming in from Triad Bronco. Hey, y'all. So it's Saturday night, and I'm a little tuned up, so forgive me for my nonsense. I just watched, I just happened to watch ESPN Classics, and they were airing the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. Don't be jealous. What in the ever-loving F is hype over Jordan Love? I need another beer to get me to, get me to forget what I just witnessed. Shake my head. Anyway, I'll stumble my way out. God bless. Obviously not a lot of talent around Jordan Love, so some of that is coming into play. It's a projection based upon traits. That said, I've also looked at Jordan Love going against uh, some Power 5 teams and, uh, again, trying to carry it himself, but uh, uh, not impressive. Not, not too impressive. This is – Jordan Love is a projection based on traits, talent, and even uh, leadership as well. Yeah, I don't like that's, Jordan. That's what this is. That That's what this is. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I'm not a big fan of Jordan Love. Wouldn't take him. But he could have a similar argument in terms of statistics as Drew Locke. Because Drew Locke, of course, had 44 touchdowns, led the nation in touchdown passes his junior year. Uh, had a big decline his senior year. Uh, mm -hmm. Plenty of reasons why, certainly. Uh, Jordan Love, I believe, had 41 touchdown passes uh, two years ago than last year had a, a very big drop as well. Uh, so if, if if someone wanted to defend him, that's the argument that they could have is looking at Drew Locke. Yeah, in his career, uh, year to year in terms of touchdown passes, he went 20, 32, and 8. Mm. He had 8 last year? Sorry about that. No, I was no keying, I was keying up the Jordan Love stats and this really annoying ad plays. <laughs> if you've ever seen City Slickers, there's a scene in the opening where Billy Crystal's boss, played by Jeffrey Tambor, plays an ad that he sold and explains that it's annoying people and that people are having accidents. Pizza guys, pizza guys, come on down to pizza guys. This was <laughs> that level on the annoying scale. <laughs> This ad that I just heard while I was trying to look at Jordan Love's stats on ESPN.com. <laughs> so it threw me off. I apologize. That's what's so nice about the DNVR.com. You don't have to wade through any ads. You didn't hear, did you? No. I was it, worried it was going to come no. through on the mic because it was coming through my computer. No. Oh, but I digress. Denveria. Guys, let's talk about a real nightmare scenario. What would happen if there is no 2020 season? Will there be a draft lottery for 2021 with the Chiefs ending up winning the lottery and establishing an unreal dynasty within our division? Well, we laid out a potential possibility for a draft lottery next year if there's no 2020 NFL season away to the lottery. I think the NFL would do something like that. But it's possible, as we saw in the 1993 NBA draft lottery, where the Orlando Magic had one ping pong ball. <laughs> and one yep 
and they end up having the chance to get Chris Webber, but they made a trade and end up with Anthony Penny Hardaway to compliment Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, that's a nightmare scenario that one of those teams that has one ping pong ball, maybe what you're saying is that if you won the Super Bowl in the last three years, no matter what else, you only get one ping pong ball. Right. So that would mean Philadelphia, Kansas City, New England, one ball. And the the team that you shouldn't be concerned about, I, I wouldn't be too concerned about the Chiefs because, I mean, how much better are they going to get because they already have their quarterback, but would be they New would England. trade the pick. Right, they would trade the pick, get, get mm-hmm. a haul, but could you imagine just New England landing that? <laughs> but, yeah. It, oh, man. <laughs> I'm sorry to they, even have They to might not the have idea. to tank for Trevor if this works. Oh, God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is a nightmare scenario, Denver. This is going to give me it hives. Is. It is. <laughs> Next one from R.D. Dollywall. Get, hang with me on this one, Mace. Coconuts are mammals. They have fur and produce milk. As one of my fellow subscribers always says, I have spoken. Thoughts? Uh, well, to be a mammal, you have to be an animal. And to be an animal, you have to have at least a, a functional brain, right? Yeah, you have to breathe and stuff. Okay. Well, I'm, <laughs> yeah, so that's why I don't mm, – yeah. yeah I and don't the coconut, to that. it's the product, right? I mean, it's kind of the fruit, basically. Right, right. It's not it's, – it's, if you have a coconut tree or coconut palm, but that's the fruit. It's not – it's it's a product of it. That's interesting, though. I, I like that argument, even though it's it's wrong. <laughs> yep. Locking in the Lombardi. This is a comment from Mark It Snatch. When I heard his question, I thought of a homemade baked beans recipe. I used my barbecues during the summer and pool parties. Ooh. I found this online and modified it just a touch. So sorry, this will be a hair long, but it's for everyone. If you don't like it, spicy, ice some of the jalapenos. Ingredients: four slices of regular bacon, diced. One medium onion, small and diced, uh, small diced. One medium green bell, green bell pepper, diced. One red bell pepper, diced. One jalapeno chopped. I use two or three depending on how spicy the jalapenos are. We like spice in my house. Four large cans, 28 ounces each of pork and beans. One cup barbecue sauce, one half cup brown sugar. One quarter cup distilled or cider vinegar. He uses apple cider vinegar. Two tablespoons ketchup, one tablespoon yellow mustard, two chipotle peppers minced, six slices of thin bacon, small cuts about one inch long. Turn oven on to 325 or into a smoker. I smoke mine as it adds to the flavor. Fry the regular chopped bacon in a large deep skillet until partially cooked and released about one quarter and release about one quarter cup drippings. Add the onions, peppers, and jalapenos and saute until tender. Add beans, barbecue sauce, brown sugar, vinegar, ketchup, mustard, and chipotle and bring to a simmer. Pour the beans into an aluminum pan and top with a thin slice of bacon and bake or smoke for about two hours or until bacon on top is cooked and sauce is about the consistency of pancake syrup. Let stand to thicken slightly and serve. Friends and co-workers constantly beg for these and it's simple to make. I feel like this would make a great addition to anyone's recipe book. It can make for a great side at tailgates, especially when it is cold out as it warms you up a bit. Hope you all enjoy and try not to drool too much. I think I found a way I'm going to spend a day at some point in the next two and a half months. Oh, I'm doing this. This, oh. this sounds incredible. It sounds excellent. I mean, I, I, I think last week we had the conversation of what foods do you want if you could have one last meal and baked beans was on my plate. So man, this just sounds right up my alley. And I got to be honest, I had no idea. I mean, uh, locking in Lombardi, you say it's, you know, simple and easy. I had no idea anyone could spend this long on baked beans, 
but it sounds like it's the best recipe out there. I think actually a big part of the process is dicing it. So Zach, after your potato peeling accident, <laughs> be careful, man. Oh, I, I won't be using a peeler. That's for sure. <laughs> Locked in chimes in and says, if the Chargers pass on Herbert and he is there at 15, do you think Elway takes him with none of the three receivers, four tackles or Kinlaw there? No, I don't either. No, easy. No, Drew, Drew's his guy. Yep. Easy. Drew Drew has won John Elway over to get the opportunity in 2020. As we've said often, this year is about finding Lock if finding out if Drew Lock can be the guy. Exactly. Not happening. Exactly. Broncos only. Are we talking about sports cameos and movies? Roger Clemens shows up out of nowhere in Kingpin, a bowling movie that stars Woody Harrelson and Randy Quaid. It came out in 1996, so probably only Mace has seen that gem. I think it was pretty good, unless I'm misremembering. Hope you guys had a great sequester. (laughs) Got it right. Keep up the great work. Kingpin, okay. You've got the Farrelly brothers made it. And to me, with all respect to something about Mary, outside Providence, Dumb and Dumber, Kingpin is the Farrelly brothers masterpiece. Okay. Because it's got their usual kind of gross out humor at times. But... It's got the best story, the the best MacGuffin, the best thrust kind of propelling it. MacGuffin. <laughs> the it has the best villain in any in honest maybe in any comedy movie. Bill Murray playing the morally bankrupt Ernie McCracken. It's Bill Murray at his best. You mm. you cannot picture anyone else. But the sports cameos in there. Remember Cam Neely. Longtime Boston Bruin made a cameo in Dumb and Dumber. He played Seabass, who they bump into at uh, at a diner, and there's an incident. Roger Clemens is in Kingpin. Also, there's a PGA Tour golfer in Kingpin. In the opening scene where Roy Munson, played impeccably by Woody Harrelson, goes back to his hometown of Ocelot, Iowa, to a bowl and have a party honoring him being the 1979 Iowa State Bowling Champion. Brad Faxon, a longtime PGA Tour golfer, is there at the party wearing 70s clothing and uh, dancing to Disco Inferno. The Fairley <laughs> brothers love their sports cameos. It, it sounds like it. Yeah, Roger Clemens is a good one. And, of course, in that film, because you've got real bowlers – in the course of the film and also a great longtime broadcaster, Chris Schenkel, who worked for ABC sports and CBS before that for decades, did some pro football, did a lot of college football, but became known as the ABC sports bowling voice. Chris Schenkel is the broadcaster calling this event and calling the final event. And Chris Berman even has a cameo introducing the bowling event on television. Wow, how about that? Yeah, so it's there's there are sports cameos all over Kingpin as it should be because you consider bowling a sport, right? Yeah. Okay. Because there I mean it's not the most physical physically inclined of sports, but you're actually doing something. It's not like it's not like auto racing where the car is doing is <laughs> I mean they, and look, I understand there's a lot that goes into uh, to auto racing and that the driver is a, is is a component, but I, I'm going to say bowling is a sport. I agree. So, because you're the athlete there. Yes. 
Next one from World of Suck. First of all, to me, the week starts on Sunday. I think I see it that way because I've been a churchgoer all my life, but it has nothing to do with the historical or even theological reasons that Mace mentioned. Honestly, I think there's something about Sunday morning church that just feels like the start of the week, not the end of the week. Just the way I grew up, I suppose. I do totally understand how y'all see Monday as the start of the week, though. Anyway, the NFL draft is next week. We all know that this year's receiver class is absolutely stacked, but most drafts do have decent talent at the receiver position. For example, the 2021 draft will bring us names like Jamar Chase from LSU, Rondale Moore out of Purdue, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Waddell out of Alabama, Justin Ross from Clemson. The argument could be made that if you don't get your guy at receiver this year, then there's always next year. However, the same case cannot be made with the tackle position. This year has great high-end tackle and good depth with most years, or when most years have neither. If I recall correctly, Andre is the on record saying he has something like 12 tackles graded higher in this class than Garrett Bowles was in 2017. That statement might need to be fact-checked because it sounds a bit absurd as I type it, but the point is that receivers are easier to come by than tackles. Does that add value of a tackle? Is there a value to looking at the draft from that angle? Or is it better to just try and take the better player regardless of an aforementioned factors? Well, because we don't know if there's a college football season coming up, it's going to be a little harder to project who is in next year's draft class. That being said, said it before, I'll say it again. Wide receiver is the one position that college football has no problem producing in terms of creating talent for the NFL. So even a bad wide receiver class is going to have a handful of guys who are going to be able to help you. A bad tackle class, what well, looks like 2017. And in 2017, there was only one tackle worth taking in the first round, in my opinion. His name was Ryan Ramchek. <laughs> yeah, the chance to take him. And Ramchek, he's turned into a very good tackle. But this year, I've discussed Mekhi Becton. I'm not going to rehash that. But I'd say... Ramchek would only be behind, in my estimation, Jedrick Wills, Tristan Wirfs, Andrew Thomas. So three guys better than Ramchek. Uh-huh. Well, there you but go. But the fact that – but Dre saying 12 guys better than Bowles, mm, I, I don't disagree with that. Wow. wow. My, number's, it's, my number's slightly different. It's 10, but, uh, yeah, that I is disagree with that. That is great. In World of Suck – uh, I think you bring up an, a fantastic, fantastic point. And that's why I think tackle is just more valuable. And that's why I say if an equal tackle and equal wide receiver are there to me, I am taking the tackle. Well, remember, what can you also can you get later? Let, let's say you've got the 15th pick and it comes around and Jedrick Wills and Henry Ruggs are both on the board. Then it just depends how much you like guys coming later. Do you like Brandon Ayuk? Do you like Devin Duvernay? Do you do you like KJ Hamler? Yeah. If you're talking about a slot in round three or even round four. Do you like KJ Hill out of Ohio State? Or do you like Ezra Cleveland out of Boise, a name that the Broncos have been connected with in the last few weeks? Yeah, you can get uh, you can get absolutely get a starting wide receiver uh, in the second and third round absolutely get a starting tackle for this year probably not probably not yep. so it, i totally get what you're saying 
Am I right or Amarillo? Kind of behind listening to last Wednesday's pod, and I heard Mace mention his Mike Allstock jersey. I had read Allstock jersey as well. as one of only two non-Broncos fan jerseys I ever owned. I was a fullback in high school. What high school fullback in the early 2000s didn't idolize the A-train? <laughs> the other non-Broncos jersey in my lifetime was a gift and a misguided attempt by a Dallas Cowboys-loving family members of mine to get me on board with them. It was when I was considerably younger. It was a Navy Deion Sanders jersey, which admittedly is a pretty sweet jersey to own. Yeah. But as a Broncos fan in Texas, zero chance I'd be seen wearing that. But for <laughs> Allstott, he was the best player at the position I played and loved. How could I not rep his jersey? Hope all was well. Am I right or am I Allstott? <laughs> That's a great reason, especially fullback. Yes. Not the most yes. beloved position, and here's a guy who's balling out the fullback position, who's taking control of games, at, who is a defining player for his team. Absolutely, I can't see why you wouldn't fall in love with Mike Allstott. Man, and uh, I, I, lo- I loved him as a player, man. I, but I, I loved him as at Purdue. I was so excited when the Bucks took him in 1996. <laughs> man, and just going off of uh, uh uh, picture it looks like he he is a true fullback looks like he and Jano would get along mighty well yeah they probably drive the same kind of truck too. <laughs> yep. a and truck he, that's got some miles on it but it's got a lot of character <laughs> exactly and can get you anywhere and he leaves another comment it says okay now catching up on friday's pod the term nitty-gritty was used an unusual <laughs> amount of times <laughs> some might say the amount of knit and grit was excessive or perhaps you've all been fishing in the dark <laughs> maybe we are uh we're just we're just hanging in there right now it, it is about the nitty-gritty at this point and depending on when we find on when we find out there's going to be a football season and uh what the timeline is going to be we might be doing a lot of nitty-gritty <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> over the next few months <laughs> just to warn you <laughs> but we're going to keep it going keep on rocking Absolutely. No matter what. Larry Dang Jr., LDJ. Hey, guys. Hope you had an awesome weekend. Thank you. I did. So I heard May suggest that if Judy or Ruggs is on the board, Broncos go Ruggs. I'm happy either way, but Judy is truly the unicorn. I would much rather have Judy, to be honest. I don't want to trade up unless it involves Simmons or Akuda. But if we do so, we take Ruggs over Judy. That would hurt. Lastly, can you guys either do a podcast or speak to trade-down scenarios? I know you don't like it, but if Thomas, Wills, Ruggs, or Lamb, or Judy isn't there at 15, I want to trade down. Well, I guess we didn't really talk about specific scenarios, but the notion of trading down, this podcast, it was for you. It was. <laughs> LDJ says, I'm ecstatic about the idea of MIMS, all caps, and two offensive linemen and Akeem Davis-Gaither and Devin Duvernay by the time we're through day two. We can get so much more I like the premiums, but don't want to force it. Who are you happy selling with at 15? Who's worth trading up for? And at what point are you pounding the table and saying, let's trade down? Um, really any of the seven tackles or wide receiver or receivers are there. I'm not 100% sold on Becton, but boy, if they like him enough to take him there, then it means he got the Mike Munchak approval. So really any of those six I'm thrilled with and Becton, if, if they take him, I'm fine. Yeah, if they take Becton... I'll be trusting in Mike Munchak, right? But I will be concerned about accumulation of wear and tear over time. Fair, and and I'll be a little bit concerned to see like how he adapts in year one. There, there is a learning curve there. Sure, but I, again, I, you'd, be, you'd be trusting uh, Mike Munchak. Yep, and uh, 
me, I'm okay with trading down if I look and I see that, okay, I can't get Judy, I can't get Ruggs, I can't get Thomas, I can't get Wirfs, and I can't get Kinlaw. What about CD? I'd think about him, but I'd be open to a trade down. Okay. If well, I could win, if I could get a lot of value. There would be a lot of value, I would think, in a trade down if somehow he slips by the 49ers. And is I want something like last year where effectively in terms of draft value, I'm picking up the equivalent of another third round pick. I think that's how you get it is if CD's there yeah. or, or one of those other guys, but, uh, but right. CD de- definitely. Uh, next but one if not, if I don't get a good value like that, fine. I'm taking CD Lamb. I'm yep. okay with that. Yep. Next one from Illinois Bronco. What's up, guys? Just had a quick scenario I wanted to get your opinion on. If the board falls the way it did in your first DNVR mock draft, would you be okay with trading back? The scenario I had in mind would be trading back with the Dolphins at 26. The Dolphins need a tackle, and if Becton is there, it would make perfect sense. The, the Dolphins acquire 15, and we get picks 26 and 39. Maybe throw in Rice Freeman if need be. With the 26 pick, we select Kenneth Murray and then go wide receiver at 39. Thoughts? Intriguing. Now you're starting to get to the point in the draft where Kenneth Murray, I think, has better value than he would at 15. Yeah. At 15 is reach. I, I 26, agree. thinking about it. But also you're watching to see how the wide receiver board is going. Right. If you've had another run, maybe you have to go receiver there. That's a possibility as well. Man, if it falls this way, though, I think I think the Broncos have done a mighty fine job. Really reminds me of last year. Noah Fant would not have been a good pick at 10. He, he would have been a reach. But then they've waited to the right spot. He was a good pick. There would be the same thing with Kenneth Murray because I agree with you, Mace. At 15, it's too rich. Now let's run this through the draft value chart. Denver would be sending the 15th pick. That's 1,050 points. Yep. They'd be getting back pick 26, 700 and pick 39-510, so they'd be, they'd be getting rid of 1,050 points, and they would be picking up 1,210 points, so effectively a 160-point gain. That is the equivalent of picking up the number 86 overall pick. Ooh, that's exchange. What, ooh, that's what we talked about. That is what The equivalent of getting another third-round pick, that's, you're winning that trade in terms of draft value, and, you, and, and yeah, you, you, you sometimes when you're talking about these deals, you have to kind of view them in these bottom line terms. But one way you can do that is to know that you have multiple possibilities of players at multiple levels at various positions that you would like and you would feel are good value and can help your team. That's where that's why you can't suicide for one guy. You can't say we've got to have this guy. No, you got to have multiple guys. And then if and then if some are gone, you go to the next guy on the list. Who's the next man up? You treat it the way you would treat your lineup in the regular season. Okay, I can't get player X, but player Y is still there. Fine, I'll take player Y. Yep, I, I completely, completely agree with that. And boy, I mean, Becton could be a guy that a team gets desperate for, especially sitting at 26. So that's a, that's a great uh, scenario there, Illinois Bronco. Tattoo and, Tyler. And also think about this. Let's say you have 26, 39, and 52. Um, and then, of course, 77. But maybe you take two of those round three picks and trade back into round two so how do you like zach the idea of say four picks in the first two rounds and i'll just throw some names out there let's say you get you get ezra cleveland jalen rager lavisca chanel 
Ooh. and Tyler Biotish. Oh, yeah, there you go. That That's really helping your roster. I feel awesome if I yeah. pulled that off. That is that is huge. Great scenario there, Mace. Tattoo Tyler checks in and says, hey, guys, not sure if this has ever been brought up, but who is your favorite player that didn't play for the Broncos? And for Mace that didn't play for the Bucks, mine is Brett Favre. He was just so fun to watch, and the way he threw the ball was beautiful. Also, growing up in Iowa, most of my old friends and their families were Vikings fans, and the amount of sheer hatred they had for Favre was entertaining to me. Thanks, guys. Go Broncos. See, I can't count Doug Williams because he was a buck at one point. Mm. I can't count Steve Young. Same reason. Hmm. Favre is right up there, even though he tore my heart out so many times back when the Bucks and Packers were in the same division, the old NFC Central. But, man, I loved watching him play. <laughs> man. I, hey, I like Aaron Rodgers a lot. Oh no, <laughs> Mace! I threw that in there for you, like Zach. <laughs> I threw that in there for you. I can guarantee I won't be saying his name in this. Um, it, an NFL one isn't really popping out to me. Uh, I'll go an NBA one. Russell Westbrook. I just Ooh. for some reason I love, love, love Russell Westbrook. Okay. And I think he gets so much shade thrown at him all the time. It just makes me like him even more. Hmm, that that's a good choice right there. Yeah, it's and not, he's good at being a villain. I think that's yes. part of the reason why I like him. He, yeah. uh, that he he leans into being the heel. Yep, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And Mace, I think final one here coming in from Caleb Chehuha. He says, "Hey fellas, if you had to give up each of the top three wide receivers in this draft, or if you had to give each of the three wide receivers in this draft a pro comp, who would it be?" Now that Ooh. professionalism is out of the way, if you had to compare the past five Denver quarterbacks to serial characters, who would it be and why? Thanks, as always, for being our escape. All right, Ooh. pro comps. Wow, that's a good question right there. Um, I've, I've thought about this one for Jerry Judy a lot. Okay. And uh, it's a little different, but I'm going to go OBJ. Okay. Um, a little more physically gifted than OBJ, but I think that's the type of player he is because we, we kind of talked about how Jerry Judy isn't like, doesn't have elite speed. He doesn't have elite size. He doesn't have elite at a, at, in, the, in the things that really, really catch your eye. And, but neither does OBJ. He doesn't have the elite in any of those, but he's just so freaking good. Well, it's funny because with, um, with the with the receivers for Jerry Judy, for example, I think it's an easy comp, hmm. and it's uh, Amari Cooper. Okay, uh, that comp just doesn't excite me. I, I know it OBJ doesn't. Excite. does. <laughs> I know that doesn't excite a lot of people, but when you really dive, you dive into Amari Cooper's career. I mean, he's he's a he's a good wide receiver one. Yeah, and he was ready, and he was ready to contribute right away. I mean, he he walked into the Raiders and was a thousand yard receiver. Yeah, and the other thing with Amari Cooper compared to say um, Julio Jones, the difference between Julio Jones and Amari Cooper is about uh, eight one hundredths of a second in terms of speed. Okay, in forty time. But another big difference is that I would argue this with Julio Jones. He's been much better served at quarterback with Matt Ryan throwing in passes 
than Amari Cooper has with uh, Derek Carr and Dak Prescott. Yep. Yep. Uh, that, that's very true. Um, and for me, the OBJ one, I, I think maybe right away, the Amari Cooper one is fair. The OBJ one's kind of a comp ceiling. Um, and right. for, for uh, Henry Ruggs, I think it's easy. The, the comp ceiling is Tyreek Hill. Um, and definitely, then, definitely the comp ceiling there is, is Tyreek Hill, but, um, he's a better route runner than Tyreek Hill was yeah. coming yeah. out. Yeah, um, he's way more polished. And I would say, as I look and think about it, I think he's a faster T.Y. Hilton. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I like that. And T.Y. Hilton was fast. Yeah. T.Y. Hilton was a 4 3 4 guy. Yeah. I like that. And then final one C.D. Lamb. Um, boy, I can't remember who Dre used to compare him to, but Dre said he has a higher ceiling than DeAndre Hopkins. So how about Ooh. that? Ooh, that's, that's, that's a bold, bold statement. It is. It certainly um, is. It's one of the best receivers in the game. Some may even say the best. Wow. Who would you think who, – who would your comp be? Because I, I do like the DeAndre Hopkins. I think it's a similar game. Similar game, but what was DeAndre's uh, speed? I don't know if coming out. I, I, don't, I don't have it off in front of me right now. Because um, now CD was about a 4-5 guy, right? Yep, I believe so. Okay, so I'm actually doing a little research as we do this. Because I want to get, because I, what I like to do is get a, a list of guys, and then it, and then when I see the list, they'll sort of hit me, who the comp is, and receivers over the last ten years. And CD and CD Lamb, he was six two one ninety eight as well, right? Say that again. CD six two one ninety eight, right? Yep. Exactly. Yep. They're six two one ninety eight. Hmm. So he. Okay, he ran it. He ran it in a four-five, and DeAndre Hopkins was four-five-seven. Right. So I mean, that's a, it's a, it's a comp that makes sense. But as I'm thinking about CD Lamb, and this is sort of a best. I think this, it's a good scenario for him. Um, when I went back, I was watching him a couple weeks ago, and uh, remember, remember the Cardinals a couple of years ago took Christian Kirk, yep. at Texas A&M. Yep. I think he's a more dynamic Christian Kirk hmm. and okay. Kirk has been good as a pro, not right. great, solid, right. but I think CD lamb can be much better than Christian Kirk. Interesting. In effect, maybe what I thought, maybe CD lamb can be what Christian, what I thought Christian Kirk could be, which is a solid, which is an 80 catch 1200 yard, eight touchdown guy. Yeah. He better be that. If you're taking him in the first round, yes. he better be. And this podcast better be over right now. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It better not be over. But before we run, I got to tell you guys about Davidson's. They have two locations, one in Centennial, one in Highlands Ranch. They're locally owned and have a massive selection of anything you could ever imagine a liquor store having, including Breckenridge Brews. They got them all. And guys, they're doing, I think, the smartest thing right now. They're doing all of their orders are either curbside or delivery. So either way, they're bringing the booze straight to you, whether it's to your car outside one of their stores 
or straight to your door. So make sure you download their app for incredible deals and to get on their loyalty program and to get all the information that you need that you would typically find on a sales floor. But now that you can't go inside, it's all there at the palm of your hand. So check out Davidson's where you can get the delicious Breck Brew 15 can sampler pack delivered straight to your door. They have so many great deals and offers right now. So make sure you check out Davidson's and supporting them is supporting us to make sure that you tag them when you go there. Yeah, and I was in Davidson's last week uh, to do a pickup. I made an online order and got some vodka, some ginger beer, some cider. So I got my Moscow Mule stuff mm. and I've got my cider. But you go, you get down there and they're obviously limiting the number of people in the store. But I placed my order online and I said my name when I walked in and their attentive staff looked over. They have shelves set up in the Highlands Ranch location, and everyone's order is it's done. It's categorized by their by the first initial of their last name. You say, "Hey, Andrew Mason." They go, "Oh, there it is." Pull it right mm -hmm. off the shelf, Zach. It was so smooth, like glass. I was in and out in sixty seconds. Their staff has taken you. Know, the proper precautionary measures. They've all got latex gloves on. Everyone's keeping distancing. They're doing all the right things over at Davidson's. And if you're in the Denver area, cannot recommend them highly enough to go take care of your, your cocktail, your spiritus beverage needs. Man, it was perfect. That's that's, Can't wait to go back when I need to. That is huge, and I will be going there this week. We hope that you guys hit them up as well. And that'll do it for today's pod, Man Mace. I just had a blast. Thank you for rolling with me today. Thank all of you guys for rolling with us. We really appreciate it. And, man, this pod's about to get spicy as we're 10 days away from the draft. Thank you guys so much for rolling with us. We will talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.